Welcome to Let's Talk with Dr. Robin. In this podcast, topics will be discussed that promote the daily management of life. While this information is meant to supplement your journey towards healthy emotional well-being, it is not intended to take the place of seeing a licensed mental health professional. I am Dr. Robin C. Wiley, a licensed clinical social worker with a private therapy practice in New Jersey. Thank you for joining today's conversation. Good evening, everybody. This is Dr. Robin. Welcome to the conversation. Hi there, Bryce. Hey, how you doing, <laughs> how Dr. You doing? Robin? I'm doing all right. How are you? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Um, and, you know, when you ask, them, when you ask somebody how they're doing, <laughs> that's always a very subjective question. It is. <laughs> because most people will say, yeah, I'm doing fine, or I'm doing okay, or I'm doing all right. Right. Uh, I mean, I'm doing good considering everything that's going on. Um, but I, I do want to say um, we have been we've been off the air for you know a couple weeks. Um, you know, as with probably most people, you know, you got different things that, that are going on and that type of thing in our own personal lives. Right. Um, but certainly in the time that we've been off the air. Um, there's been a lot going on in the in this country, in this country, sure. um, and around the world, and that type of thing. And um, you know, I was thinking about like what to talk about this evening. Mm. And you know, I feel like it's necessary for for us to have a conversation um, based on what's going on around us about racism prejudice, discrimination, etc. Um, in light of all the things that have been happening. So when I thought about how to approach it, you know, of course, being a therapist, and I've been having a lot of conversations, you know, in my private practice um, with my clients and with colleagues about um, how this is impacting us or how this has impacted um, us as black people, that type of thing. And so... Um, the title of tonight's show is The Emotional Impact of Racism and Prejudice. Mm. And I want to say that this is definitely not going to touch on everything. This is not the end of the conversation. This is going to be more of just um, some pebbles in a bucket in relation to where this conversation needs to go and how it needs to continue. But I did feel it necessary to talk about that this evening. Um, because it seems as though I'll have another topic in mind and something, and other stuff is going on. Right. So I feel compelled, um, to talk about things that are, you know, not just relevant, but also like right on the surface happening right now in the moment. Right. So, so before we get into the conversation, <laughs> um, you know, first part of it is like you know thinking about the quarantine right so okay. we're still well are we still quarantined well i think i think <laughs> I, I think i think we officially open tomorrow if i'm not mistaken i think we're officially opening tomorrow i think that's what um i've been reading so it seems like we're kind of already open now but um definitely uh, uh officially tomorrow Right. I'm not sure. Like, I know they, I know this. So the state of, so for those, uh, those listeners, we're in New Jersey and New Jersey has, 
I know they, the stay-at-home order was lifted, I feel like, a couple of days ago or at some point or what have you. Mm, okay. Um, and then, right, and then I'm, I'm not sure. I think we may be in, because remember at one point it was like, what color? Oh, what phases. Yeah, right, right, phases. Color. Right, sure. Then it was enough. like, what phase? And right. I think we're in phase two, because we're not, because it's not fully completely open, but to, as of tomorrow, um, I, I think, think it's like, yeah, you know, think, hairdressers, yeah. barbershops, all that kind of stuff, right? Because he gave some time, our governor gave some time for everybody to get, you know, um, COVID uh, ready, right, um, right. as I'd like to say. Actually, yeah. I, and think, then yeah, I think you're right. Prepare for folks. Yeah. Yep. Actually, actually yeah, yeah. yeah, you're right. Um, and God knows, um, well, I don't want to use God knows, but let me just say, um, and it is definitely, I, I've been telling people they have like a warning sign and an APB and my picture in barbershops, like, hey, we want him because I ain't had no haircut in okay. like three and a half months. <laughs> <laughs> okay, right. I was thinking, you were saying ATP. I said, wait a minute now. <laughs> let me know what's been going on. <laughs> like, wait a minute. What have you been doing right now? Right, right, right. So, yeah, yeah I mean, we are, yeah, it's, it's things are slowly opening up. I mean, but I just, I just want to say, you know, I know for myself, opening up, it, it doesn't have maybe the significance that it has to other folks. Um, but I just want to tell people to proceed with caution. Okay. I just want to say that. Absolutely. Because, Absolutely. You know, right. Because, because when we think about the idea that, okay, things are opening up, you can go get your hair cut. I think nail salons are about to open up that type of thing and hairdressers and, you know, um, I think, you know, swimming pools and some other different things, we still need to proceed with caution because let's keep in mind, I know we want to forget that we are in a pandemic, but we still are in a pandemic. Um, you know, so there is still a high risk of, you know, um, contracting COVID. There is still the necessity um, for us to wear masks. There is still, um, you know, washing your hands, keeping your hands out your face, all that type of stuff. So it's almost like, you know, people have been inside for a length of time. But the issue is, you know, now the door has cracked open a little bit and everybody's ready to run out there. So right. I do just want to kind of remind folks to, um, like I said, proceed with caution. And still be um, safe. Yeah, Absolutely. Right. Still be safe because it's about your safety, but it's also about the safety of other people. And I know I've seen people like some folks wearing masks, other people are not wearing masks. Um, right. You know, we, we still have to look at, you know, offices, that type of thing. Like a lot of places are not, like a lot of offices are not open yet. People are still working remotely, that type of thing. So right. um, I didn't want to let us go any further without kind of saying that, but I do feel like the quarantine and the fact that people have been sitting still um, has certainly impacted um, the Black Lives Matter um, movement. Um, and I say that because, you know, what we've seen in the news in the past couple of weeks is, you know, the protests throughout the country, throughout the world, really, um, in regards to George Floyd's murder and the, you know, at the hands of police. Right. And it has shined a, a, a light on something that has existed for a while. Mm -hmm. You know, black folks dying at the hands of the police. Mm -hmm. um, 
being murdered, excuse me, right. black folks being murdered by the police. Right. Um, you know, in various situations. Um, and nothing happening on the other end. Nothing happening to those police officers. Right. So, I think, you know, when you think about things that have resulted from the quarantine, you know, stay at home, uh, the fear that we had of going outside, it has awakened <laughs> um, the masses yes. um, in terms of looking at this as a serious matter. Right. And, and I don't want to, I'm not going to focus on that as much because, you know, as, as a person, as a, as a black woman, um, I have various reactions to that and, and feelings about that. But I want to kind of talk about this. Um, and hopefully this, this message will, will get to someone to help people to understand. Cause I've been having this conversation a lot about the impact of racism. Um, the emotional impact. And there have been some folks on the news, you know, um, that work in the mental health field that had discussed this um, and how important it is for us to realize that the emotional impact of racism is so significant oh, absolutely. that it has the potential to, you know, uh, take us out. Okay, it has the it has the potential to be the death of us, um, and so you know when you think about like racism, for instance, for black folks, and and you know, and I, and I can't, I'm not speaking for every black person because I can't because I'm not every black person. So what we have to understand is that there is there isn't necessarily a monolithic black experience. Okay. So in other words, what I mean by that is there is no unified, you know, black experience. All black people don't experience life the same way. However, <laughs> however, as a black person, race is a defining characteristic. Absolutely. So Absolutely. That, that's something that we all share. No matter when it hits, no matter when you realize it, at some point in time, you're going to realize that being black means that you're going to have some different experiences, some negative experiences. And one of the things I thought about was most of us, and when I say us, I'm speaking about black people, mm -hmm. had an early experience where we realized the color of our skin mattered. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. If, if any of us, right, if you get a bunch of black folks in a room and we all start, you ask the question, when did you realize you were black and that that would have an impact on your life? Mm. That's a great question. That is a great question. Because you know what? You and, asked that question. I'm, I'm sorry. sorry. No, go on. Go no, on. I'm you're, sorry. <laughs> you're, you're, I'm sorry. You know what? You're right. Because everybody does. Everybody that's, like you said, if you're a black, you know what I'm saying? You've you've had that realization. You're absolutely right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and if you ask people, they're not going to say, oh, it was in my 20s. Oh, it was, you know, when I was 50. No. It's when you were a child. I would I would guarantee that it is when you were a child yep. that at some point you realize that you were different 
but not because you were able to do something amazing, not because, you know, you were able to, um, you had some, you know, special power or something like that, but based on the color of your skin. But somebody said a derogatory comment to you, someone treated you differently or made you feel like you were less than because of the color of your skin. So just 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 follow me here because <laughs> I know I'm you know I, I want to go deep. <laughs> um, so you know I can I can go I can I, I mean anybody can take this like very deep because we do internalize those experiences just like any type of experience. Right. But I'm going to go so far as to say is you know when you think about that like that sort of lets you know that you are now living life in a way that is dictated by the color of your skin. Right. Mm. Or mm. living while black. Mm-hmm. 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 And that's a different narrative. You know, and so what happens is, is that regardless of your abilities, as you grow up, regardless of if you are, you know, like a high achiever, low achiever, regardless of your socioeconomic status, what type of family you grew up in, you know, how many degrees you get, any of that, none of those things supersede race. Right. So when you hear people talk about, you know, having a lack of understanding about racism and you know, why we need to say Black Lives Matter, like why is that a concept or what have you, or systemic racism, institutionalized racism, like, you know, because there is this sort of um, uh, notion <laughs> that this is something that is just now becoming um, something that is publicly known as if it was a hidden thing all this time. Right. You know, we're seeing that where you're seeing like, you know, um, institutions where you're seeing, you know, everybody's kind of like reaching out and wanting to say things and wanting to get information on how to be educated about the black experience, about, you know, how racism has permeated through society and through institutions. Um, and, you know, I question that a little bit, but I'm, but like I said, I'm not going to go in that direction. <laughs> right. I, I want to kind of bring more focus on, you know, what, what could be the emotional experience of somebody living while black and it's stressful. <laughs> you know, it can be extremely stressful in terms of realizing that something can happen to you, not based on what you're doing or how you're doing it, but just based on the fact that of your skin color right you know and that's kind of what we're seeing we're seeing that there is this mindset that black people maybe even black males in particular are seen as a threat and so um i know you know in your other podcast draw four you know one of the things we talked about was there's a mindset here absolutely you know, there's a mindset that um causes black folks to act a certain way and causes, you know, white folks to act a certain way. Mm -hmm. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, and so when you think about living while black and the stress that that could bring about, the fact that, 
you know, there can be anxiety, there can be panic, you know, being pulled over by a police officer, realizing that, you know, what, what did I do wrong? And am I going to make it out of this situation alive? Um, you know, and the idea that this is trauma, these are traumatic experiences. So you go back to that little black boy or black girl that has that experience, that first experience where they realize that they are being treated differently in some type of way because of the color of their skin. And that now that's going to be their life experience. That's trauma. Oh, no, big time. And, <laughs> that's you know, trauma. And, and, that's... And, and, and you know what? And I'm not to cut you. I apologize, Dr. Robin. But no, I think, no, no. I think no, okay. in, in addition okay. to that trauma, I need to get a sip of water. you know, um, it also, um, you know, when you, you talked about sometimes, you know, you know, having that trauma or that level of disappointment or that level of hope that's kind of being taken away could really be it could really defeat you and some people unfortunately have never recovered from that you know what i'm saying and 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 that just like any other type of traumatic event absolutely sometimes that leaves such an imprint on us that we don't really recover from it it Mm. defines us Mm -hmm. so there can be internalized worthlessness low confidence right you know because it takes a lot you gotta think when we experience something a negative event a traumatic event uh, oftentimes we don't feel it completely right at that moment right feeling it and when i mean feeling it that's feeling it emotionally but also feeling it in your body right it will cause you to have some reactions to certain things because a traumatic event can continue to trigger you in other situations. Right. Because of that imprint. So when you have, and and, and in a sense, you know, that could happen with anything. That could happen with anybody. I'm, I'm talking about this in the context of race. Right. But it can happen with anything. Right. You know, and that takes a hold of us. So it can further define us if we allow it, because many times we don't talk about those experiences. You know, we don't talk about the experiences where we know we've been treated differently because of the color of our skin. Right. You know, and it also, and I mean, it works both ways because when you think about it, so it could be about the, the idea of, you know, um, feeling as though you have to overcome (laughs) your race. You have to disprove the stereotypes that are placed upon your race or having someone to tell you, oh, you've accomplished all these things almost like in a sense of despite the fact that you're black. Right. <laughs> right. You know, right. or still having to fight for a seat at the table when you've got the same credentials, experience, qualifications as everybody else. And then when you try to talk about the fact that you may feel it's a racist type of thing going on, that being minimized. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, nobody likes to, no no corporation, no individual, nobody wants to be known as a racist. Right. You know? And so we understand, like, we, we know trauma. You know, we know what trauma is. Trauma is a word that's used so much. You know, trauma informed care is used so much. 
Yeah, um, yeah, absolutely. So we understand it that, but we need to realize that racism has resulted in generational trauma because the trauma didn't just start with like our generation. This goes back generations and generations to slavery. Right. And so we are born, when you think about it, we are born into a culture, into a race characterized by trauma. Because the fact that, just like now, there are many parents, there are many black parents who are the same, going back for centuries, the same thing as has happened in the past, needing to have a conversation with their children about how they need to live and how they need to carry themselves to keep themselves alive because they are black. Right. So it's like, how do you survive based on something that you have no control over. Right, right. It's just, it's just something that's naturally you. You know, you're you're already right. at a disadvantage right. before the race even started. Right. You know what I'm saying? This isn't about like, oh, okay, we're getting ready to go on a hike and there are bears in the woods. Right. And so we need to prepare ourselves for what we're going to do if we see a bear. Right. This is about... You could be just walking down the street in your neighborhood or going for a jog and that could be the last time your family ever sees you again. That's right. Because, so, of, because of the color of your skin. Because of the fear of the that, comes, that, that comes with that. That people have. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. So, you know, I just... I think, and, and maybe it's, it's, it's not something that we as black people are actually thinking about. Like, how has, you know, the idea of, of how we are defined by race, how that impacts us emotionally, like for, for the individual person. You know, even that, even that need to, you know, be better, do better, accomplish more, you know what I mean? Like, right. You know, you've got to overachieve because many of us grew up in households like that where it was, you, know, you need to get all the education, you need to do everything that you possibly can do. Always carry yourself a certain way. You know, you can't make any mistakes. You can't do anything that could bring attention to you, you know, in a negative way, that type of thing, because you already are at a disadvantage because of the color of your skin. Right. That's a lot of pressure. Right. I mean, some people can. You know, that's and some a lot pe- to carry with yourself. Absolutely. And some people can. Some people they they're not taught, or you know, due to you know different um, you know factors, they're not taught on how to handle that pressure, or either or even how to right. prepare for it. You know what I'm saying? Right. And, or and, even how to prepare for it. Right. And then in and, and then in addition, real quick, in, in addition, mm-hmm. now we're talking about not just one hundred percent black people now you could have the you know black individuals who are maybe mixed and they right. have biracial, that, they, biracial they, right they right. have they have the same they have the same thing i even think that it's even i to be honest with you i think at least my opinion i'm well actually i'm pondering and i'm wondering is it is it even 
is it even as hurtful for them as well? Because there's a lot of it's even more confusion going on. You know what I'm saying? But that's another that's another thought I'm just having. But no, you're right though. I mean, I, yeah. I'm sure it is. I'm sure it is because there's a lack of acceptance there too. And sometimes, Absolutely. you know, a lot of times that's dictated by what side of the family has been the dominant influence sure. in a sense. Sure. So, you know, which which part of, you know, and for lack of a better way of saying it, race, because I mean, honestly, I don't, I don't really like the word race, because when you think about race, um, race is a constructed, it's, it's a construct, <laughs> it's a construct that was used to categorize people. And so what happens is that, you know, when you think about race, it doesn't make any sense. It doesn't. It doesn't make any sense to categorize people by their complexion. You know, and I think what happens is that, you know, we have just latched onto that and we've just run with it. Like, okay, you've got black, you've got white, you know, I mean, and that's kind of like, that's the, that's the generic term. Right. But when you think about it, you know, there's our ethnic group, you know, our ethnic group, and then there's culture, there's all those other, it's multifaceted. So race tends to limit and unfortunately, race is, you know, of course, you know, the foundation of racism, you know, because, of course, when we start categorizing people, typically that is so we can then differentiate and oftentimes discriminate, right. <laughs> you know, against for whatever reason. Because then we start labeling and we start saying, oh, well, this person has these characteristics and that type of thing. And so a lot of, you know, of course, racism is based in ignorance, you know, right. based in ignorance, based in you know, lack of knowledge about the person, but it's about that person is not being seen as an individual. You know, they're just being seen by, oh, you're a black person. Oh, you're Asian. Or, you know, we won't say Asian, we'll, we'll throw out a bunch of other things first. You know, right. but, but the idea is, you know, and I get it because, you know, there are a lot of other groups that are discriminated against. So we're not trying to minimize experiences here. However, when you think about what's going on and what we're seeing, what people are protesting against, mm -hmm. it is the idea that there is a disproportionate number of black people that are being murdered. Yeah, I mean... And I mean, this is just touching the surface. This is just touching the surface. But, and I'm saying, even... Because you got to think, even watching this on TV is going to have an emotional impact on us. Absolutely. It is. You know, and it's... it's and because it's everywhere. So... You know, it's not like this is new police brutality. This is not new at all. This has been going on for the longest. The only thing, and I think everybody has talked about this, is the only thing that's different now is that, you know, people are recording it, <laughs> you know, and it, it gets to the news a lot quicker and it's getting to the masses. So now everybody's in an uproar. And then you add in a pandemic where everybody is home, then that just reinforces the idea that people are now like seeing this and they're seeing it on TV, on the news, they're seeing it in their social media feeds, they're right. seeing it everywhere. And there's more and more cases, you know, that are, that are being exposed. I think, um, and, I, and I, oh, I'm sorry. Go no, ahead. no, no, go ahead. No, you go ahead, Rob. You go ahead, Dr. Rob. Well, I was just going to say, like, I, I hope, you know, I mean, I, you know, the, the, the social worker in me <laughs> is hopeful that, you know, this will bring about change. But, you know, one of the things I haven't heard a lot of conversation about, um, you know, that I wanted to kind of bring up is 
for there to be real change, there has to be a change in mindset. Mm. You know, there, there's a there's an issue here with mindset, and mindset is <laughs> can be one of the toughest aspects of a person to change. Okay, mm-hmm. because this is how what we believe about things. You know, how we see things, how we how we see ourselves, how we view others, all that type of stuff. And typically, you know, it can come from our experiences. It comes from whatever reinforcement, you know, we conjure up. Right. And to me, when you think about if you're trying to, you know, eradicate racism, you know, if we're trying to be anti-racist, then there needs to be a change in the mindset towards people that don't look like you or don't look like me or whatever the case may be. And that's across the board. But especially there has to be a mindset in terms of how black folks are viewed in society. So when that mindset changes, then there will be actions to follow. Well, it's so, funny. And the actions is really what makes the difference. Right. <laughs> you know, it's, it's not about a commercial. Let me just say this. It's not about a commercial on TV that says, oh, we believe Black Lives Matter. Please buy our product. You know, we need, there needs to be more than that because racism is systemic. It, it permeates through society and all and all of the institutions that are contained in society, whether it's the justice system, you know, whatever it is. It, and that's the problem is that somebody who's black knows that when they go before a judge, you know, they don't anticipate they're going to be treated fairly. Right. You know, when they're pulled over by the police, there's no anticipation. There's no like security. There's no feeling of security that, I will be treated fairly or I'll be treated like a human being because I'm pulled over for a routine traffic ticket. Right. When I apply to a school, there's no security that (laughs) there's no secure feeling that when, you know, they realize I'm black, will I be chosen or will they choose me for a different type of reason? Right. You know, or will I, when I walk into a room, you know, will they start to judge me not because they know something about my abilities, but the fact that I am a black woman walking into the room. Right. So that is, and that, that all takes a toll. But, you know, the thing is, is that you, I think you're absolutely right on um, what you touched on, Dr. Robin, is that you said it needs to be a change in mindset. Now, um, you know, I, I did have a, a friend of mine, you know, try to tell me that, you know, we need to change the language where that, you know, um, you know, um, you know, um, you know, we shouldn't, you know, black people shouldn't consider themselves minorities. They should consider themselves people of color. Um, and sometimes it's to the language between the minority and the majority, you know what I'm saying? That, um, you know, we need to, you know, um, change because language is, is key and language is critical. And, and while I agreed with her that language is critical, but I just don't want to, ch- I mean, that language is, you know, majority, minority, that's English. Um, you know, that's, you know, Funk and Wagner's, that's Webster's Dictionary's uh, words, okay? Mm-hmm, that's that's mm-hmm. the King's English, okay? But if, or if, dominant, right, 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 that's wanna, right, however how you want to call it, it right, you know what I'm saying? But if you really mm-hmm. want to change the language, then maybe we have to start in the beginning when, when we talk about the Constitution, where it still has us 
pretty much subjugated as three-fifths of a person. So that's the kind of language that, you know, that is systemic, that goes back, go back, go back, go back. You know what I'm saying? And, and you know, it's sometimes, you know, language is, 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 is important, but it's... It's the mindset. It's the you know the, the 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 thinking behind it. You know what I'm saying? What what is right? And the thinking, right? And and the idea is, you know what I mean? I don't. I mean, I guess I can see where, you know, because I'll use people of color that type of thing. If I'm talking about you know, um, minorities as a whole, in a sense. But sometimes, <laughs> you know, you don't want to minimize a group's experience by then joining them in with everybody else. Right. And if I can And there are different experiences that black folks face <laughs> that no other group faces. Faces. But in in addition to that, Dr. Robin, um, my thing is that well who has determined and who has created the usage of people of color or minority and majority? Who created that? The majority. So again, like, and that's a, well, that's, right. and that's a whole nother conversation. <laughs> sure. That's, that's what I call, yes, like, yes, I like yes. to call trick. That's probably tri- more of a draw four. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Right. That's, 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 yeah. that's technology one-on-one, but we're not here for that right now. You know what I'm saying? So, <laughs> so, but, but no, I, I think language is important, but I, it's the mindset is, I think, and I think you touched on that. It's the mindset uh, acro- right. across all cultures. Yes. Right. And what we tell ourselves, because what happens is, you know, so when you think about when you are constantly getting the message that you are less than and you are not just getting that message implicitly, but explicitly through people's actions, through, you know, an inability to get ahead or whatever the case may be, or just being treated differently. And you realize from an early age that that is because of the color of your skin or like I said, the conversations that parents are probably having with their kids now about, you know, you know, if they've got a teenager who's driving and they're having to, you know, do a whole presentation, PowerPoint presentation about how to handle yourself with the police so that you can make it out of the situation alive. You know, it, it, it's hard to not internalize that message and somehow carry yourself differently, feel differently about yourself. Like it's very hard to counter that message that is coming from society at you with the other message that maybe your family is trying to send, which is, you know, you are, you come from, you know, wonderful ancestors, you come from good stock, you know, black is beautiful, all those types of things. It's like, those are two, those are two messages, messages that are the opposite ends of the the spectrum. Right. And to think about it, you know, (laughs) <laughs> a lot of times, you know, because like many therapists, you know, I use cognitive behavioral therapy, which really works with, you know, disputing irrational beliefs and that type of thing and how our thoughts can, you know, um, promote our feelings, which then promotes you know, our responses. But <laughs> for someone, and I've worked with clients who have had experiences with law enforcement and that type of thing, and it has forever changed them. Mm. And the thing is, it's not that those beliefs are irrational, you know, because you would think, so think about this, when a white person is driving and they get pulled over by the police, I guarantee you, they're not, it's not running through their head that they're going to be killed. Mm -hmm. 
you know, that's not running through their head. They may be concerned about the ticket. You know, they might be concerned about, oh, I might have to go to court or, you right. know, or is my, the light out in the back. But they're not worried. They're not fearing for their life. Right. Make that same person a black person and they're fearing for their life. Now, under normal circumstances, somebody might think, and that's why I talk about, like, not minimizing the experience of being black. Right. Because somebody might think, oh, that's an irrational belief. Like, why would that happen? Because it does happen. It happens, right. <laughs> it <laughs> Absolutely. happens. And it's happening still. Right. Right. So, you know, so that's part of, like, you got to think, that's like a, a, that's such a weird situation mm-hmm. to be in where you may have these beliefs about what could happen to you when you leave your house and really telling that to somebody else, they think it's crazy because that's not their experience. But it is your reality, all based on the color of your skin. Not because you did something wrong, but all just based on the color of your skin. Right. And I think, you know, I've seen a lot of, you know, white people that are, you know, posting stuff and saying different things. Um, And there are some white people that are just being quiet and not saying anything. Um, And I get it. A lot of people don't know what to say. You know what I mean? They don't, they don't have the, the, they're afraid of saying something wrong, um, which is inevitable that they will probably say something wrong. Um, but I think, you know, hopefully this movement will, you know, keep momentum and will actually bring about some actual real changes. Um, I think there's a lot of changes that need to happen, but I still go back to the idea that the mindset needs to change. Um, And that takes time for your mindset to change. That takes time. That takes practice. That takes intentional um, action, you know, for you to actually change your mindset. And, you know, I hope that's what will come about. Um, You know, I also hope that when people continue to protest, they will be safe. Because when I've been watching the protest, I also saw a lot of people out there without masks. Right. So I'm concerned about that also. Um, but, you know, I, I I definitely felt like, you know, that this needed to be a conversation because, you know, we're talking about a lot of things that are going on with black people and what has happened and in terms of like how this has taken, you know, um, the course of events that have happened over the last over, you know, hundreds of years, but also within the, like still in 2020 within the last, you know, like couple of months. And I think we have to recognize that, you know, there is a severe emotional impact. Um, and, you know, when you think about stress and that type of thing, you know, stress definitely causes physical ailments, trauma, you know, can result in, you know, emotional issues and physical ailments and that type of thing. And I think, you know, it's important for other folks to realize the emotional impact on black people, you know, based on the experience of racism and prejudice, discrimination, but also for black people to realize the emotional effect. And that, you know, that's something that we do need to try to address and deal with Absolutely. in whatever way, shape, or form we need to. Absolutely. So, you know, <laughs> mm. that, uh, that brings me to the end for tonight. You know, I certainly hope that this podcast, that whoever is listening, you know, that this is somehow helpful. Um, I do hope that, um, you know, I feel like I have a diverse group of listeners 
So I hope that people who are not black and are listening really try to gain some understanding in whatever way you need to do that. Um, so that, you know, we can all kind of join <laughs> and be, you know, part of the solution versus part of the problem. Because right. saying nothing is just like saying everything's okay. And, I, and, I, and, and everything I, is not okay. Right, absolutely. And I'm sorry, because I, I, you know, this, I mean, this is, I, I, I always enjoy this podcast. I'll be honest. I enjoy doing it with you, you know what I'm saying, and being a part of it. Um, um But, you know, today, I, I'll be honest with you, like, I'm, I'm charged up a little bit because, you know what, I, the, it's the times, like you talked about, you know, this, this is a real experience and people are really going through it. And you talked about sometimes not saying nothing now, you know, and that, that brings me to another thing, and that probably is on another, you know, maybe a draw four or whatever. People still have bottom mm-hmm. line. People still have bottom lines, you know what I'm saying? So sometimes, you know, silence is because they don't want to mess up their bottom line, you know what I mean? But some, mm-hmm. sometimes I also think that people try to, you know, uh, divert it to another undertone, except for the undertone that it really is, which is that blacks are being murdered, like you said, by police. Okay. And and, right. and and that needs to happen. That needs to stop. So, you know, you you know, we have a movement Black Lives Matter is to put an end to that unfair treatment. So when we when we don't go in unity with the Black Lives Matter and we'll say, oh well, it's a peace walk or it's uh this walk, you're still silent. In my opinion, mm-hmm. you're still silent mm-hmm. because you're mm-hmm. not you're not talking about the black experience. Now, if you brought everybody in to say, oh, it's it's an all lives matter now. You know what I'm saying? It's And so we have mm-hmm. to be mindful of those things as well, too. You know what I mean? But yes, when you don't when you stay silent or when, or when you adjust to something else. You're still silent. Right. You're still silent. I'm sorry. But I think that's I... also about comfort. I mean, you know what I mean? And that's also about comfort, too, though. I mean, just because you brought that up, that's about people. Because, you know, people want to be, people don't like to be uncomfortable. You Absolutely. know, and I've said that in a couple other podcasts. Like, people mm-hmm. don't like to be uncomfortable. And so talking about race and, you know, acknowledging privilege and that type of thing, that makes folks feel uncomfortable. You know, and I'm not saying that's just white people feeling like black people, some black folks feel uncomfortable talking about this. Or Absolutely. they feel uncomfortable talking about it in certain circles. Right. And, you know, that's real. Um, but, you know, to be able to grow and to be able to embrace something that may be new to us. Right. We might need to be uncomfortable for a little bit. Well, change is uncomfortable. And, and let me just say this. But also, too, and let me think, and we're going to end with this. We're going to end with this. Being black isn't always comfortable. So if, 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 if somebody, you know what I mean? Being black has been real uncomfortable for hundreds of years. Talk about it. Okay. So we'll just, we'll just end there. As always, I'm Dr. Robin. Thank you for listening tonight. Bryce, thank you for, you know, as always, producing <laughs> for Wall Productions, My producing pleasure. the podcast, My pleasure. and and lending your voice. Um, I leave you with what I say at the end of every podcast, which is: be well, be great, and be you. Until next time. <laughs>